0: 3, 2, 1. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest, somebody I've talked to many, many times on a variety of subjects, including Jeffrey Epstein. Her name is Roberta Glass. Her podcast is The True Crime Podcast. And today is July 14th, 2020. And something momentous happened today it was the arraignment of Elaine Maxwell. And Roberta Glass was first in line to attend the, the all-video arraignment. So, I know she's had a long day. She's very tired, but she's uh, been kind enough to share her views and impressions of what happened there. So, Roberta, can you just start from the beginning and tell us exactly what uh, you saw?
1: Sure. Um, There was a lot of police at at the courthouse, and covid was on everybody's mind you had to get your temperature taken they marched us in three different times and then told us to get out they weren't ready for us so it was a little bit crazy and what was surprising to uh, to me was that maxwell was there and we all expected her to be wearing a mask in prison but uh there she was appearing on the screen, full faced. And it was just so shocking to see her. And at first people weren't sure because it was electronic. You could, I mean, you could throw tomatoes if you wanted. I mean, anyone could say anything. And all of a sudden I heard someone shouting, that's her, that's her. Wow. And the word around everybody was discussing whether she's had plastic surgery.
0: Interesting. Most,
1: pe- most people think she's had her lips done I think she's had some very subtle plastic surgery. Not something dramatic, not Catwoman plastic surgery. Just, I think, enough to not be recognized. She doesn't have the same kind of sharpness to her face. And her hair is long. So the short haircut that we all associate with Maxwell was gone, replaced by greasy, long hair pulled back, but her eyebrows were perfectly groomed, something you don't see around New York very often right now with COVID. No one has a haircut or their eyebrows really done. So it's very done and a little bit of eye makeup and just wearing what looked to be a brown T-shirt. And at first when she came on the screen, I thought, oh, she's so teenagerish. She looks like a teenager waiting to take some kind of test that she doesn't want to take or detention. And as the judge came on, that persona switched and she became very regal chin out. Uh, the posh British accent came out. Yes, judge. Thank you, judge. And very still occasionally she would rub her eyebrows. She, she looked like she'd been through something looked worried, but was, Looked like she was there to make a good impression on the judge and get bail that was most people thought was unlikely. Now, there was some talk that the state made a case that she was mass, she was great at hiding, but then they also mentioned that when she was caught, she was caught with tinfoil around her cell phone. So, one point uh, of one of the people who was in line with me, he said, well, is she this mastermind or is she this uh, bubbly, you know, like mm-hmm. buffoon who can't do, you know, who can't really, who's, you know, putting her tinfoil around her cell phone.
0: Right. I mean, but they, I mean, when you were in there, was it the entire kind of gallery packed? No. Oh, This was a
1: big excitement. <laughs> the big, the big, well, for one what they didn't tell us is that they were going to open up the press room. Okay. So there were two rooms. So that made a big difference. Some of the press uh, was down there. And when it was over, they were only letting us out in six. And everyone said, well, my deadline, my deadline. There was a bunch of people. So that's how you're you know you're sure they were pressed. But um, I was shocked that with all the interest, maybe it's COVID, the room wasn't packed. I mean, I could, and of course, and I'm glad I got there early because the screen is so poor. The sound is terrible, like tinny, almost feedbacky, you know, that kind of tinny, like something reverberating off of something metal, hard to hear. I'm glad I was in the front row. I was glad I was able to see what I could. I'm glad I wasn't in the back, but I was shocked that there were more people there.
0: That is interesting. I would have thought that there would have been, it would have been packed in full, considering How many people are talking about it in at least the alternative media? Uh, I think a lot of people recognize how important her arrest and arraignment are. I would think that it would have been a lot more busy.
1: And it was also offered on the phone, but there were only 500 spaces is what they told, but they opened it up to 1,000 in the U.S. too. So they were kind of fooling us about how small it was. You know, at first they said it was just one room and that they may not even... Uh, decide to let 60 people in they may just decide just a few people at the last minute it's up to them their discretion so you know they they fooled us all with that i don't know but when you got outside there were tons of cameras interesting So
0: so people didn't want to go inside but still reporting on it that's interesting because I was, I could not find a video link to anything that happened inside there. So I'm assuming there were no cameras allowed in there. No, is that correct?
1: There's no cameras allowed, and you have okay, to check gotcha. your cell phone.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: so, and in this case, you have to put it in plastic, and it, much more. The security is much more strict than the Brooklyn courthouse. They don't fool around. They will take, you know, any anything electronic from you and right, make you check it
0: yeah for people who don't know roberto did attend uh, a number of other i think it was hearings one of the epstein hearings too you've been to a few in new york correct right 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 and how long did this arraignment last
1: well this is the interesting thing and this is really a concern uh mark cohen represented gillaine maxwell her other lawyer who prosecuted El Chapo was also listening on the phone, Chris Everdale. But he is such, reminded me so much of Keith Ranieri's lawyer, Mark Agnofilo. I mean, one of these really bright, really aggressive, very verbal, uh, very dramatic kind of lawyers. And this is a young I'm um, just to give you an idea of what she looks like. She's a uh, she's I mean, young ish for a for a judge. She's in her, I believe, early fifth, you know, early 50s. She was appointed by Obama. Her name is uh, Allison Nathan. Mm-hmm. And she's a butch lesbian. And she let. Maxwell's lawyer talk. And I didn't have a watch in there and I use my cell phone as a watch. I wish I have to put up my battery in my watch It seemed like forever, William Ramsey. He went on forever. And so let me just explain what the state's case was. So what the state argued against bail, they didn't argue that Maxwell was a risk to the community. They only were arguing that she should be denied bail, that she was a flight risk. So just on that subject matter. And they brought up that when she was, arrested she didn't comply with the fbi's commands that she open the door to the new hampshire to the Right. right room she was in in her new hampshire mansion they also brought up that her finances were completely opaque and as the state taught the state gave this very direct very well presented concise presentation and some interesting things came out of that before i get into her defense attorney can i just talk about what the state said
0: yeah please please because
1: do. her lawyer answered so um, what the what the state said was that not only was she she was offering 5 million dollars bail with six unnamed co-signers right. which is very much like Keith Ranieri again and his unknown trust. So, you know, she didn't want to disclose that. Not only that, when she was asked in, I think it's um, pre-trial services, what, how much money she says, I don't, she said, I don't have the details off the top of my head. But then she eventually disclosed that she had a bank account containing less than a million dollars and no monthly income. Then they talked about her having aliases. And when she bought her New Hampshire mansion, she presented herself with some man who was undescribed and unknown to the realtor as Scott and either, I'm sorry, the sound was bad, either Jen or Janet Marshall. Hmm. And she just, she introduced herself as a journalist and Scott Marshall introduced himself as a retired, uh, member of the British military and they were looking for a house together. Quite different from, I might be indicted for abusing underage girls and I'm looking to hide here. So that was brought up. Um, And she also, and they also said that not only does she not have less than a million dollars and no income, she has tons of money in the case, in in the Swiss bank accounts, ten million in one, four million in a, in another, and those bank accounts are over uh, overseen by trustees. Wow, so yeah. once again, she's being charged with perjury, and she hasn't learned from that charge. She's already lying on her bail application about she, what she has.
0: Right, and they also didn't they also state like she uh, her props she was going to be secured by property that wasn't even in the U.S. It was right. in the U.K. Right. right, so there was some real problems with that. Six cosigners, relatives and friends, many of whom reside in the United States. Like, give me a break. What, so some of these other people don't even live there. And if you're right. worth twenty million dollars, why not pay five million and jump and just consider it a loss? So yeah, so, uh, yeah the rationale of she these wants people,
1: everything. She wants yeah. her cake and, and and lie and eat it too. And yeah. also the uh, <laughs> the other things. Two victims spoke. One Jane Doe gave a statement. And she described Maxwell, after Epstein was arrested, calling her in the middle oh. of the night at two in the morning and threatening the life of Jane Doe's two year old child. What? And so Jane wow. Doe said, if she gets out, I need to be protected. I'm at, I'm, I, she's a wow. danger to me.
0: Wow. Did the Jane Doe look familiar at all? Did Had you seen her before during the Epstein? It was just
1: a statement, just a no written statement. Oh, okay. statement. She said wow. she knew her for 10 years, was abused by her for 10 years. So, wow. And Annie Farmer spoke via phone, and she started speaking. She was in tears, and she said she met Jelaine and Jeffrey Epstein when she was 16 and that Maxwell has no remorse, and she tormented the survivors and has contempt for our legal system, which is, I think, correct, in my opinion, correct. So very concise, short statements. Then Cohen gets and says, oh, my my client has been maligned and totally um, just been treated unfairly in the media. She wasn't hiding. She was hiding from the press, and she's not Epstein. She is not... Epstein she's someone different and yet she has people writing her emails and hacking into her phone that's why her phone was covered in tinfoil not because she was evading detection because she was hacked and she didn't want it hacked again Um, are we going to and then he brought up every court case every famous court case of a sleaze bag ever
0: done right made off and uh who was the <laughs> other one yeah like oh Khashoggi, no. Khashoggi, uh, Khashoggi.
1: Oh, adnan man. Khashoggi. brought up he brought he just brought up the two kids who i mean young i'm old now but two younger people who got arrested for throwing a maltov cocktail oh, at right. a, a cop car right?
0: yes right so it was oh. the Genovese crime family, Esposito, U.S. Right. Esposito, and then Mark Dreyer accused of colossal criminality. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a tough group group to be um, in the same pool with. I would say
1: they have the, pre- and then they always hit the presumption of innocence really hard by client, and and also Maxwell pled not guilty.
0: Right. So she so, verbally stated not guilty.
1: Not guilty, so, right. and I'm surprised the whole room didn't. Explode into laughter, but they didn't. And um, and he's saying, "Well, of course, she's just been arrested." And she says, "I don't know off the uh, well, the details of my finances off the top of my head." That that she says we, we going to be denied bail because of that. And what concerned me about and I don't you know defense attorneys are going to be defense attorneys, and they're always going to be a little. You know, bombastic and and wild in their claims, at least the ones I've, I've come across. But the fact that the judge let this guy go on and on without interrupting him, without asking him critical questions to really challenge him, really makes me afraid if this goes to court. And now I'm more convinced that it might that she's so, if she's so arrogant to lie on her bail application, might go to court. And, right. um, and
0: they said, did they state the court date in there? Because the court date yes, is until July, July 12th. Yeah, 2021. Yep. Yep. One year away. Wow. So that's a long time to wait in jail for that.
1: So wow. she, she just let – I mean, this will be like a Judge Ito-type trial. I'm predicting if it goes to trial and, and Judge Nathan presides over it. I do not have any confidence in her of contr- – what partially what the judge is there to do is control the courtroom, and I have no faith from what I saw today that she can do that.
0: Interesting. And I wasn't she involved in another big case, or is this her first big case? I don't know offhand. Do you –
1: Yes, yeah, she was involved with a. I don't know the details of it, but uh, with a police officer, I oh, believe okay. was her name. Dwyer is his name. It's not such a famous case that I'm familiar. It's a New York case I'm not so familiar with.
0: But Did you happen to see the new um, acting U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Audrey Strauss? There was her. Was she the one making the argument for the government?
1: You know the sound was so bad, I didn't catch her name. Okay. They, I, I believe that was she. There was two women sitting at the thing. I believe she made the argument.
0: Um, I'm um, just curious because it's uh, on the on the um, court document they filed yesterday. It was signed by Allison Mo, Maureen Comey, who is James Comey's daughter, and Audrey Strauss is on it. So I was just wondering if you saw any of bel-
1: Yeah, I believe that was she who made the made the argument. And Comey was there, obviously, because oh, that was the, had to be the other woman and one man and a big. So when it got to the state, you could barely see them. They were at the back of a very long rectangular table, meeting table, like conference table. So, yeah, and Alex Ross, terrible. Yeah, Alex and they weren't spelling out their names either. And. Strauss was talking a mile a minute. It was very, very challenging to I'm surprised I got I, I, I understood as much as I did.
0: And how it's like a, I mean, so how long to in total from beginning to end was the arraignment? Do you have, Forever. Uh, forever. I mean, so like three I, hours? It was just went on. It was and it,
1: I got we got in there around one. I, I don't know if it started exactly on time, but the next time I looked at my phone, it was three thirty. Wow. So maybe it was a little less than that. Maybe that was after I'd walked a little bit. I'm a little tired. I don't remember exactly, but it just way too long, way longer than it needed to be. Thanks to Mark Cohen. And that's all on Mark Cohen. And it, uh, to me, it was, I felt it was abusive to the court and indulgent and unnecessary. Wow.
0: Yeah. It's interesting you bring up Edo because he's kind of like, the classic case of, you know, where the inmates are running the asylum, like barely ever interjected, intimidated by the attorneys and all that stuff. So that's, that's not what I good,
1: thought. Yeah. She was intimidated by, I thought she was intimidated by the attorney. And why, I think if I hadn't had the experience of Judge Garifus, who was the judge in the Nexian trial, who, who was absolutely a no nonsense judge. I mean, if someone, I think I, someone in the, courtroom who was just a watcher gave a a look to one of the I don't know if it was the jury or the defense they were out of there wrong look you know he kept such a sharp and he he wasn't he was fair but he asked tough questions and he didn't put up with a lot of nonsense if I hadn't had that experience of knowing um what that looks like I, I don't think I would be as critical but I walked out Just very, very angry that that was the judge. She's the wrong judge for this this trial. And she's very smart. She's like a by-the-letter kind of judge. But this is not not a good fit.
0: Well, she made a decision on the spot to deny bail. So she heard both arguments from the government and from the defense. Did she retire to her quarters to think about it, or did she just... Uh, make that decision right on the spot. She
1: made that decision right on right on the spot. She asked a few questions both of, both of the state and both of the um, defense. One, you know, she she just clarified. You know, you have victims speaking, and, but you're not making a case that Maxwell is a danger to society. And then the state said, "Well, we're, we have victim speaking because it's the Victims' Rights Act. We have it's we're legally." mandated to allow them to speak at this bail hearing. So, you know, just clarifying. And um, when she gave her final speech, I was almost going to faint because it started out talking about how famous people have the right high profile trial. People who are involved in high profile trials have the right to bail. And but You know, it looked like she was about to give Maxwell bail. And you could see Maxwell kind of just kind of perk up a little bit, sit a little straighter up in her chair. And then as she went into how she, why she was a flight risk, I looked and I thought, is she going to cry? Is she going to cry? Is Maxwell going to cry? It looked like someone who was trying very hard not to cry. There was a lot, there was a lot of blinking all the way through on her part. Hmm. But then there was a very excessive blinking and rubbing of the forehead. And then all of a sudden you could see her wiping away tears just once.
0: Interesting. Um, so when the judge said bail denied, did you notice any visible response by Maxwell? Ju- frozen, just that, kind just of
1: frozen, frozen. frozen. I, 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 Very frozen, And then you could see her reeling in her head and get almost, you know, you know, just freaking out basically, and then trying to keep her composure and then tears leaked out she wiped them away. And that was the, uh, the, the end of the bail hearing. Yeah.
0: So the bail hearing, so she was on video, but the two, uh, the defense attorneys were there in person with the.
1: What just did the United one.
0: States just one, okay.
1: They weren't there in person, they were on video. Looked like from his house.
0: Okay, so uh, they Mark were in Cohen. a separate video too. So they're yeah. separate from her own interest. Right.
1: Okay. So we're looking at three different Wow you know, th- two they had two big screens showing the same thing. Maxwell in the upper right, the state in the center, the judge in the lower right, and Mark Cohen in the upper left.
0: Wow, that's really dystopian. That's almost like something from kind of some kind of science fiction movie where they're not even in person, you know? Just all. I mean, I I think it's under the circumstances, I can understand it, but it just seems very technical. And uh, so she, so she wasn't dressed in any prison garb then at that point, was she? I guess probably. No,
1: and that's what also surprised me. Usually for bail hearing they usually are a little, it looked like a t-shirt. It may have been some kind of more fancy t-shirt and I just couldn't see the definition of it, but it looked like some kind of brown or dark maroon could have been black also, Mm. but could have been a lighter black than the judges robe. but it looked like brown, brown t-shirt and hair pulled back and some kind of white, maybe hair clip or thing tying it back. So very casual.
0: Yeah, because yeah, for her, she, I mean, all those pictures of her, she's in almost a different outfit, designer clothes all the time. She's very, uh, caught, you know, uh, she definitely knows how to dress and is dressing in different stuff. To see her in this other environment uh, must have been interesting.
1: It was very strange. And I, I you know, the impression I left was with someone who. Not only has no idea of ever being said no to, has no idea what the rest of us live like, um, but no real respect for the rule of law. She thinks that she can do whatever she wants and has never been told no, has never had any limits. I think this is going to be such a shock for her and prison, such a shock for her. And she's got a year in there if she doesn't make a deal. And I'm not so sure she will. And there was an interesting part where Cohen brought up the non-prosecured, help that word, non-prosecution agreement, right? NPA, and said, well, this is really a joke. The government is just dancing around because this case is 25 years old and they're dancing around. Uh, they're doing that because they just really want to prosecute Epstein and they can't, and they can't really prosecute her because of that agreement. And the state said, Oh no, that only covers Florida as you know, as shown by Epstein who was arrested by New York state. And had he not killed himself or was killed would have gone to trial or whatever. That doesn't cover New York. It doesn't cover any other state but Florida. And they also said that they're not planning on a superseding indictment, but that it's an ongoing investigation. So what does that mean, William Ramsey? Is, are they playing their cards close to their vest? I think or? so.
0: I think so. They may not be planning on a superseding indictment. But if more people come forward with additional evidence that uh, they can add on... You know, if she says not guilty, I would expect them to add on more charges because that means she's taking the position of, you know, at this point going to trial. So I would I would anticipate some other information to be added to uh, additional indictments. I would say sometime in the next six months, if they keep getting people, because you know now that she's arrested, some just like Epstein, people are going to come forward. They feel safer, right? So and also the NBA was also brought up by uh, Weingarten Epstein's. Attorney, that was one of their big uh, arguments. Was the NPA was global, right? Right.
1: And yeah, uh,
0: so I, I mean, you, did you see like anybody like Dershowitz around or any other characters? I mean, uh, well, anybody everybody's else
1: wearing recognize? masks, so it's oh, really wow. hard to recognize everybody. Your purses has to be <laughs> your bags. Anything you bring in has to be put in a giant plastic bag. Oh, the chip oh. that you Used to check your cell phone has to be put in this big, I think it's alcohol, big tray of rubbing alcohol. It's such a different experience, and I'm really not used to it you know yeah, it's just so, such a different i'm uh, just socializing during covid i don't know maybe i need a class or something I <laughs> i'm not adjusting i'm well i'm not used to it it's just odd
0: well they just shut everything back down out here in california so it's uh it's also still strange days i mean it's been since march so it doesn't seem like there's a real light at the end of the tunnel at least out here so is there anything else that uh You'd like to add or, you know, so you think that the judge probably is a little bit uh, out of her league as far as assertiveness. Did you get any other insights or any other impressions from the proceedings of how what's going to happen in the future?
1: Well, um, well, I, I don't know if Maxwell's attorney is just running for the bail to get her bail and saying this is a nothing case. This is the charges are are just nothing. And the state is just fronting, uh, claiming they have more than they have. It's really just a nothing. I don't know if he's telling Maxwell that that was what was interesting to me. Does he feel that he can fight and win this? She's got two really tough attorneys uh, behind her and a ton of money, endless money. Seems is she going to fight it? That's what I didn't expect, really. I didn't expect her to lie on her bail application so flagrantly. Right. Did you? I mean, would you think she would do that?
0: No, no. But uh, I, I mean, lying under the the Jufre versus her that civil case was unwise. At least, you know, putting that on record. So I don't know how. She's going to get away from the perjury charge because they can just bring on these victims and just testimony. And, you know, a I don't think that her word is going to be valued next to, you know, victims. So if I, I think that she's got a difficult, a difficult future ahead of her if she thinks she's going to really fight this out in, in a court of law.
1: I mean, This is a woman who's hung out with royalty, who's been given a private tour of Buckingham Palace sat on right. thrones she is not she's not lived the life of the commoner and this is oh. less than the life of the commoner yes. she's really i don't think gonna do well uh,
0: i think you're right in there i think you're right i mean you know what's going to happen in a month maybe people who are used to privation can endure being in the jail cell but she's the opposite of that she lived a million dollar i mean she put down cash to buy a million dollar property in new hampshire and traveled around everywhere I mean, she really was the more sophisticated person. If uh, you put her next to Epstein, Epstein was really not. He did not come from money. He didn't come from character. He's an intelligent guy, but she was really. I mean, what she go to Balliol College at Oxford, so she's going to school and college with the elite. Really, the elite of the elite. Actually. Oh,
1: and you can hear it when she speaks. She has a posh British accent. Uh, so posh. Yeah. And so. um. The other thing I wanted um, – oh, what was I going to tell you? I'm sorry.
0: Um, I forgot. The, the, I'm, so sorry. Um, I'm
1: so tired. I've
0: forgotten. Yeah, well, we can just wrap this up. I Thank you so much for sharing that information. I think it's fascinating and uh, outstanding that you were able to get there and see this firsthand because nobody else – I couldn't see anything on even the alternative media that people were able to see what happened in that courtroom. So okay. – Oh,
1: I remember what I was going to tell you. There was one moment where the state had some line, like, uh, was Jane Doe was a victim of Maxwell. And then Maxwell, you could see, was looking straight ahead into the computer screen camera. And she just gave the side stink eye to the idea of her as a victimizer and having victims. It was a very interesting little, tiny little micro moment.
0: And she had said, I mean, according to some of these people, she said very nasty things. She threatened people, um, you know, that she, she belittled them. I forgot some of these terms she used for some of these victims. Uh, It's been a while, but really nasty, nasty stuff according to what some of these victims said about her. So not a, a nice person, really.
1: I mean, such contempt for, for yeah. every. she gets what she wants, everyone else is an idiot, the court is an idiot, and I don't think it's going to end well for her.
0: I don't either, I don't think she's going to garner any sympathy from anybody, so I think that that's, uh, that's going to be really also tough, uh, difficult for her to get over, um, just that attitude and that uh, comportment is, uh, it's tough, yes. and I mean, yeah. <laughs> there was is. a
1: weird moment also where her lawyer brought up that she ha- couldn't shower for seventy-two hours. Oh, also his big argument was that it was because of COVID he couldn't meet with his client.
0: Right, they made this huge <laughs> argument a about lame COVID.
1: Argument, yeah. yeah. I forgot to mention that in, in uh, my little tired uh, report. I hope people bear with it, but I just wanted to get something down when it's fresh, you know, and, and let people know what happened. So.
0: And it was interesting to to think that they made some arguments about her that she never left the United States after Epstein got arrested, but there's so many reports of her being outside of the United States, France, Brazil. So it's very strange that she uh, stayed stayed in this, you know, within. Why didn't she uh, go
1: to France where they can not extradite her? I mean, they won't. She's a French citizen. Or why didn't she do that? Someone mentioned in line that. Maybe she was on the no-fly zone, but I doubt that. I doubt that she would be on the no-fly zone. I would think that it was because Epstein was arrested coming on his plane, coming back, you
0: know? Right,
1: right. That's the association with traveling, maybe? I, I maybe. don't know. That's the only thing I can come up with. Why wouldn't she do that?
0: Well, I, my understanding is that the French are also investigating them both. So maybe she <laughs> thought that she would get arrested in France. And maybe she would get arrested in the U.K., you know, so maybe she didn't have that great of an option. So she could get in, U- she'd be in France, but that doesn't mean that she wouldn't be prosecuted there, because they have I victims mean, there, too.
1: Do you really think anybody is writing and threatening Maxwell's life? Do you think they could no. even get her email address or her phone or hacking your phone? I mean, if they that she, are. Oh, that she also had to have a guard and that she was in her pajamas, that's why. He didn't say it that that's why she locked the door when the FBI told her to open it and went to another room. You're, you know, it was because she was in her pajamas and she only hired the guard because she has so much harassment.
0: Guards. Uh, I think she had multiple. Well, she only had one guard that day,
1: according to Cohen, only and the front door was open. So clearly she wasn't hiding.
0: Mm, wow yeah under a different name uh did you hear anything that she was married
1: no did they
0: bring that up i thought i heard a rumor she was married i haven't confirmed that yet but uh i thought that's why maybe he's
1: u.s citizen maybe that's why
0: she won't leave yeah so i have to look that up and confirm that that's speculation but um i mean she said that she hadn't seen epstein for 10 years right so that still puts her back at 2010 but, but that
1: turned out to be a lie, too. Oh, the really? Records oh, so that of was her, yeah, yeah was of, of, of communicating with him in 2015. So Uh-oh. everything she says is a lie. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. But, you know, I think we were talking about how when people lie to the court, it's very similar to when people lie blatantly to your face. It's just such an insult.
0: Especially if they've done their research and all that stuff. Like, they know she's lying in that Giuffre uh a lawsuit that she had that civil suit. So it's it's still ongoing. I mean I think G. Frey is still suing Jer- Dershowitz. That hasn't been settled yet. So there's still this uh oh, can we talk thing about is still...
1: something did yes. you read did you read Alan Dershowitz Defense of the Maxwell I know? Did you read his article oh, on this, A Spectator?
0: Tell me about it.
1: <laughs> I was hoping you would well, maybe we could do a whole other episode. It's just about how he deserves the presumption of innocence. Right. It's he's just has no self awareness. That's what's so amazing about Alan Dershowitz. No self awareness. He does not get that the whole world is on to him. No one believes him. He doesn't get it. It's yeah.
0: futile. Well, this might be the, the. I mean, in my yeah. I mean, he has two signed affidavits from women saying he abused them. One was uh, Ransom. Who's Ransom, been, yeah. Yeah, she was on the Netflix special saying she was raped and had to run for it and, cry, you know, obviously traumatized. And I think that Virginia Giuffre also signed an affidavit. And I think Ransom's finished his said, I'd be willing to tell my story in a court of law. So it may not be outright child trafficking, but it's still trafficking. And... I don't know. I think if it was me, if somebody wrote affidavits about me, I would be have been asked to go to, you know, either the FBI or somewhere and be questioned to start asking questions. Hey, do well, you know here's anything my about Why are two people oh. in two different yeah. time frames <laughs> signing affidavits about you saying this happened?
1: Right. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's OK. Uh, my question is, when Dershowitz talks, he always brings up Virginia. Jeffrey, like it's the only person who's ever accusing right. him, never brings up Ransom. So right. is that because Ransom's story is much more damaging? Or I is it just so. that two people together are more damaging? Or is it both? That's well, I think, think it's wonder. really
0: damaging. I think that he has to avoid her name at all costs because these are two different people in two separate time frames saying the same thing. And Farmer said she saw him in Ohio with Epstein, so in a different time period, oh. that that was in the '90s. So you see uh, Dershowitz popping up all the time. I don't think Farmer said she was abused by Dershowitz, but she saw him around young girls, is what she said. Um, so he's he's, and then he was as an attorney in the 2008 thing. So it's not good, man, for dirt. I mean, I think that I've read over some of his arguments he made in his book. And I just kind of shook my head. I was like, You're just ignoring certain facts. Why are you emitting certain facts? Why aren't you named name the name ransom? You have two signed affidavits.
1: Right. I guess he wants to make it look like one crazy woman, one
0: right. one well, li-
1: they only can you know one liar, hysterical woman and
0: well, he also focuses on her 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 autobiography, which is in the right. two thousand sixteen uh document tranch or dump that was done, right? So her full stuff, and she says in there, she doesn't mention it in there that they had any contact, but she does mention in there that she saw him with Epstein, and that he was Epstein's business partner, which wow. is, might be just as damning, but Dershowitz himself never mentions that. So he says, what he is very skilled, what he keeps saying publicly is, she never mentioned it in her autobiography that we had Un- unlawful relations but he avoids the fact that she said that they were business partners and he was giving business advice so there's enough information on dersha i mean it's bad i mean you just you just shake your head like what do you got what's the guy go- it's just so i mean at least they got maxwell i guess but it's this is if the public really knew exactly what the fact pattern of dershowitz they don't they never mention the two affidavits they would just go they would go apoplectic they would just
1: well, I'd like to bring up someone who knew about Dershowitz by her gut. My mom for decades just always said, "I do not like that man. He's very smart, but I do not like him." For decades, <laughs> she's had, she's been on to him. She's just had a feeling about him that he was just a horrible person. It's yeah, well, so the,
0: interesting to me. There was an article by a woman about all of the anti-kind of female stuff he's been doing over the decades. And yeah, I, I think even, I
1: sent that to you. I think
0: was, yeah, yeah That was really a while great. back. Yeah, But this goes yeah. back to the Von Bulo case, right? And he defends a guy who shot yeah. his... Yeah. Arguably... And I go
1: into the Von Bulo case, I found that he got a perjured statement from a priest who was abusing boys.
0: Wow.
1: wow. So <laughs> they almost went after the priest, but he was too popular in the community. They wanted to try him for perjury, but he was too popular. Wow. That I mean, the Von Bulo case it really makes me think that he, that there's some really dirty stuff that he did in that behind the scenes, not just um, getting, uh, I think his name is father, Anthony Magdalene. Uh I, I did a short episode about it.
0: Oh, like, I think um, I remember that. Yeah.
1: Strange associations. Yeah. But he's hanging out. I mean, how did he know this pedophile all the way back then?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, it's, and so-
1: using a pedophile to further his own, ambition doesn't that sound right
0: bombula was wealthy right wasn't bombula from a wealthy kind of elite family too yeah yeah well no he wasn't wealthy
1: he bought his bond he married that's right he He just went after wealthy wealthy women yeah
0: i remember what was the movie that depicted bomb that had the bombula reversal of first First fortune fortune. favorite of mine yeah Yeah, watch that again Excellent. anyway i'll let you go i know you're tired all right. we just yeah i'm about to, minutes, to collapse any, yeah anything else you I'm want gonna to put add?
1: myself to bed like a third grader maybe like seven or eight o'clock.
0: <laughs> well, uh yeah. thank you so much for sharing that on the same day that the arraignment took place and this is still a lot of things going on with this Ghislaine maxwell case so we definitely oh, my pleasure yeah thanks so much appreciate all right, it you're welcome all right take care